Beach balls? Yeah, no beach balls. Excellent. Oh, Intel, you're winning Apple back already. No, they're not. Okay, um, I have to just say something real quick. You guys are cool doing like a two to three to four hour show today, correct? Is that? I assumed it was five, oh, but okay. Because I, unlike last time, or no, two times ago, remember in the show notes when every single thing had a basketball next to it? Yeah, that was a good this show. This time. That yeah, I mean the best shows usually are the ones that have basketballs in there. This time it's basically all me, which is concerning. So also because I'm not editing, so who knows how this is gonna go. <laughs> but I want to start out first of all with probably the most important thing that has happened this year, decade, probably ever in the history of uh, human recorded history, and that was the live show. Of Crocodile Dundee Part One Live Watch, it was it pretty amazing. I, it I gotta just say, it worked. It worked well, from what I could tell. Uh, no one rage quit anytime during it, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, I just I thought it was a great way to actually watch a movie with a bunch of random people across the internet. I I don't know what else I can really say other than that. What did, did you guys have any other takeaways? I thought our audience was immensely polite, and I'm thankful for that. And maybe they didn't leave because they realized that we wouldn't have an audience and we'd just be speaking to ourselves, which would just be like any other podcast. (laughs) But no, it was great fun. Um, Thank you to everyone who joined us. I think what I find most amusing and maybe slightly worrying, Jason, is that you keep saying part one like we should be doing the other two very soon, (laughs) which, (laughs) given the uh, quality of the movie, is a bit concerning because I don't think it increases from this point on. But yeah, great show. And the only other thing I'll say is there was a contest. I love me a contest. Everyone knows that. So the contest was how many times was the word crocodile said during the movie? Had to be singular. Crocodile could not be a shortened croc. Nothing like that. The winner is Gabs. The total count was actually only 11. There were a couple in there that were crocodiles, so it would have been like 13, 14, but no. Official count, 11. End of story. Gabs wins. He gets the prize. What's the prize? Can't tell you yet because I don't know. But I think at this point, it's good to introduce a special guest who I think Andrew is welcoming onto the show. Someone who actually is here despite the fact that we did that live watch and he joined us. Andrew, would you like to uh, kick this off? Yes, thank you. It's it's a it's a special guest by a roundabout way through we we always talk I always talk about Perth being a small place, you're only one degree of separation from anybody else. Well we've since proven that the internet is a small place and maybe you're one or two degrees separate from anybody else. Because I heard about our special guest through his service. His service, I'm gonna steal his thunder a little bit. It's called it's omg.lol. Which is fantastic. I heard about it through on microblog through a user called Mike who was giving away a year's subscription to omg.lol. I liked it so much that I didn't bother with his competition. I just bought myself an account. And then through that, discovered their Discord server and then got talking to Adam. 
Um, and like, it just sort of seemed like a natural kind of fit for the things that we appreciate and like on the internet to then have a guy who's running a service, an indie service to talk about what he does on the internet. This was all before he sort of knew who I was. I sort of just barged into his discord and said, Hey, how you doing? Andrew's known to do that. Who's this guy? I took the Martin Feld approach to life. You know, I just started randomly conversing with people. Um, Adam took it with good grace, and he joined us here on the show today. I'd like to welcome from omg.lol, it is Adam Neatnik. Adam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is awesome. I have to ask a question right out of the gate. Uh, Obviously, omg.lol, how do you say that in practice when you're talking to someone? Do you say omg.lol, or do you say omgalol, or what do you say? I actually say it omg.lol, which is really unfortunate because it's it's like seven syllables. It's a mouthful. It's it's not really fun to say out loud. It's fun to type. I mean, it's a pretty short domain as domains go, but um, yeah, it's a mouthful when you're saying it out loud. So I try not to. Did you, when you first saw that TLD come online in terms of being able to purchase it, was that the first one you bought or did did you just buy that thinking... I don't know what the heck this is, but I'm going to do something with it just because why would I not have this? That is exactly what happened. Yeah. So I, I was, I was kind of goofing around and, and up late one night as, as I tend to do start getting on uh, the different domain registrars and poking around and seeing what's available. And, and I'm one of these people that likes to find a good domain name and then build something around it. And I've bought so many domains and built so many kind of stupid things and then crumpled it up and trashed it over the years. That's just sort of a pattern, but this one's sticking. This one's not getting crumpled up. Um, so yeah, I just, I found the domain. I thought this is amazing. How is this thing even available? I snatched it up. Um, and my first thought was I can make a really awesome email address out of this, like a really funny, silly, goofy email address that I can use personally or professionally, I guess, if I want to be daring. And, um, so that's what I, that's what I thought I'd do with it. And, and then I realized that is kind of selfish. Like, I'm like, this is a really cool domain. And to keep it all to myself is kind of ridiculous. Like, why not make it so that other people can get a slice of it? And that's when I decided to just kind of dust off some uh, programming skills that I hadn't put to use in a while. They were kind of going, uh, going stale and dormant and said, you know, I'm just going to try to build a little service around it. And that's what I did. Buying domains is such a weird thing with all these new, like when new kind of I guess, vanity TLDs, I'll call it, come online, there's, they're hard to get, right? Like you want to get something short and meaningful. And then there's sometimes like a bit weird bidding process or some kind of ticketing system. When the LOL TLD came online, were you like there right away? Or did you just kind of show up two weeks later and you're like, oh, all right, I guess this is available. I'll just take it. No, I I think the... um I think the the TLD itself, like .lol, it's one of um, it's by Uniregistry, which is one of the big names that goes out and spends the hundreds of thousands of dollars with ICANN to get the permission to create a new TLD. Um, I think they came out with .lol five or so, five or six years ago. Actually, it's been around for a while, and I snatched up this particular domain about two and a half years ago. So. Um, it was just sitting out there. It was just just ready for somebody to do something with it, just kind of unnoticed. 
I can't imagine a better use for it, really. So for the people that haven't <laughs> discovered omg.lol, can you kind of explain what it is? I can try. It's it's actually hard to explain because, I mean, frankly, like the the way I describe it changes almost like month to month as I kind of think about what I'm trying to do with it and, and what I'm trying to emphasize. Um, it's got a it's got a fluid value proposition. We'll put it that way if we're going to use some some like businessy terms. That sounds like business speak. I like it. For listeners who can't see, Andrew's eyes just lit up big time. We could do a cost benefit analysis and talk about our our KPIs. And oh, OKRs. I just died. No, I'm kidding. But no, um, but no. What it is? I mean, first and foremost, it's it's a fun domain name, and and so one of the first things I did was rig up a way for people to do stuff with DNS. So anybody who's familiar with DNS um, knows it's it's kind of painful and challenging and and just really needlessly complex. But anyway, um, so full DNS settings, if you, you hop on this thing, you can, you can point your little slice of the subdomain that you get, you know, x.omg.lol. You can point that anywhere, take it with you, do anything, um, use it however you'd like. So first and foremost, you could almost think of it as its own little TLD of, of sorts. I wanted to use it for email, so I created a way for people to to get email. Um, it just set up a simple mail server and, and forward email, so it's got an email forwarding service. Um, I wanted to run a little sort of goofy profile page on there, so I built a way to to um, host profile pages. Um, and I've I've got a few other things that I'm kind of tinkering with. Um, well, the thing that got got me as a customer, I I just thought the idea of a landing page. That's what really won it over for me because I've tried a couple of the landing pages before, like um, bio.link, so naming your competitors perhaps, I'm sorry, um, and link, Linktree. Linktree is kind of like the big one in the in the industry, I think. I, I probably have like five or six of them out there by these, these days. I lose track of them. But they're always... Do they link to each other, Andrew? Oh, of course, yeah. It's a, Good, all right. Like you, do, you don't have to be smart to be able to use this thing because I've managed to do it. So canyon.omg.lol, if you want to get a sense of what a person can do with it. Really, it's just sending people to all my different properties on the web. Influencer. I think probably other people are making more of it in terms of tricking it out, but you don't need to do that. Totally accessible for anybody who um, just wants their own little page on the internet that isn't their Facebook about page. Ew, gross. Don't ever say that. I'm sorry. I, you know. I hate to say it though. He did mention x.omg.lol. Sorry, that's taken. That's not available to anyone. So I do have, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that as a podcast, we're known for the hard hitting questions, right? You know, when, when you think of tough interview type scenarios, you think this show generally. So I'm going to ask just one very blunt in your face question. Why do you charge such an obscene amount of money for this service? I just don't, I, I don't, the gall that you have to charge $5 per year, not per month, per year, $5, okay? I just want everybody to realize that that's $5 per year is what this cost. So I went to register them and I was like, oh, it's only $5. Like it could have a bunch of these things and it's totally fine. And I'm thinking in my head, $5 a month, because generally everything is per month. No, no, no. $5 per year. Like how could you not just get it 
even if you do nothing with it, who cares? Like just grab one. You'll figure something out. It's, it doesn't make any sense how you're getting all the stuff. He mentioned like five things at least that this does. And yet any one of those alone would be worth like five bucks a month just to be able to have that as a service, but it's $5 a year. So there you go. So where's the question? Um, shame on you. It should cost more. I, actually, I, I wouldn't mind talking about the price actually. Cause it, you know, it's something that I've kinda sort of grappled with in a way it's, it's, you know, just being like completely honest and transparent. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not really building this for the money and which is great because, you know, I would only be disappointed if I was, I've, I've learned that pretty quickly, but um, I mean, I'm, I'm just really doing it for the fun of it, but I do get a lot of people that, that tell me like, you really should be charging more. You really should be doing more. And, and in my mind, it's fundamentally a domain name, uh, a subdomain of a domain name. And it's like, how much could that possibly wor- be worth? I mean, you can buy a .com for, you know, 10 bucks a year or whatever. So a subdomain on, on a silly TLD or, or a silly domain name, it's not even a TLD officially. Um, five bucks a year seems like the right amount. So I just kind of picked that out of thin air and went with it. But yeah, I, it's, it is really interesting because I do get a lot of feedback from folks that are like, why, you know, you really should be charging more. And, and I'm, I'm always torn because yeah, I mean, I like money. Everybody likes money. Um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like it's worth that much more to be honest. It's, uh, I mean, it's kind of me just doing my own thing. It's, it's not like, I'm promising people, you know, amazing round the clock support or that, you know, I can promise a a beautiful bug free experience. It is pretty bug free and it's really stable and and everything's going pretty well there. But um, I feel like the price kind of reflects the super casual indie nature of of the whole thing. Just uh, just carrying on the the MBA portion of the podcast. I know just going on one step. I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. When did we have an NBA portion? Not NBA, MBA, M, Masters oh. of Business Administration. Okay, I thought you were trying to transition this back to basketball somehow. And no, I was that's like, the other wait a podcast. minute, hold on. I got to put a <laughs> no foul, technical foul, free throw. No, the MBA, so the business, the business thing. Not only do you charge a ridiculously low amount of money for this service, you've gone one step further um, and you actually publish your finances openly online i don't know how much of a i don't know if i should be mentioning this or whether you would rather me not it's it's not a new idea i've i've seen other companies that have done it in the past and i've i've personally found it interesting and i found it really beneficial um when i come across other companies that do that and um i just think it's it's really nice it's it's like you know i mean everybody could keep it secret it's you know theoretically none of anybody's business but um but I think it's nice to see on the customer end, it's really nice to see, you know, what, what am I buying into? Um, I, ha- I have had a couple people that have approached me and, and, and just were very frank and honest and said, hey, I get the sense that you're just some random dude. How do I know this is going to be around in a year? You know, why should I, um, why should I throw any money at this? Like, what, you know, what's up? And, uh, and so that, that kind of helped contribute to that decision as well. It's like, okay, well, if, if you want to see that this is a reasonably healthy endeavor, I mean, I'm not going to retire off of it. It's, it's just totally a side hustle. I've got a day job. Actually, earlier today, did, did the math on how many active subscriptions I'd have to have to, to equate to the income from my you know regular career 
official day job. And, uh, it's just like a, it's a terrifyingly large number. It's, it's, it's a number that will never happen. Like, so it's, it's, you know, this is, this is, and always will be a side hustle. That's all it was intended to be. Um, so yeah, I, I thought, you know, Hey, what's, what's the harm? Like worst case scenario, someone sees those numbers and draws some kind of conclusion from them that, that, you know, I might not want them to draw, but so far it's been really good. So far there's been nothing but, but really positive feedback. And I think I've kind of proven the point that the, the income takes care of the, of the costs. Nobody has to worry about servers getting shut down or anything like that. It's, it's self-sustaining. You said two things that are very interesting right now. So the first one being people approach you with the which I think a lot of people get when they're building services like this, that you're just one guy. How do I know you're going to be here in whatever, which I always think is such a weird argument when you look at the landscape of the internet and the number of massive companies that just get bought up by even larger companies and then are just hucked in the garbage and you're left with literally no recourse of anything to do about it. Using a number of these kind of services now that come to mind, like, you know, Blot is one where it's one or two people, maybe, or, or maybe a handful. Will he be around in 10 years? I hope so. If he's not, well, you know, neither was a uh, Google reader. The next person to sign up will be 969. So let's get through to a thousand because that would be great. And also the fact that you said you looked up, you know, like how many you would need to be sustaining to have your, you know, income matched and all that. It's, it's the same kind of thing where once it becomes that the product is not the same thing anymore, right? Where right now it is, it's fun. You can build it the way you want it, do what you want. Oh, I want it to do X, Y, or Z. Cool. Do it. As soon as you're now from subscription 1000, now you're at subscription 100,000, the whole game changes and nothing is the same anymore. So I completely understand the charging a nominal, you know, just enough to maybe keep things going. So you're not just, you know, hemorrhaging money on server costs and stuff. And now, uh, I have two questions, two Two questions, two questions. (laughs) I have two questions. Question number one for you, Adam is, Looking over the experience of having made this service, interacting with people, seeing the people sign up, what would you say is the most interesting or important thing that you have learned as the developer of this? There's probably, there's two things that leapt to mind immediately. One is that I am learning every single day. I I went into this thinking, oh, I can do this. This is easy. It's just a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it's going to be fine. No, I, I have, I have fallen down and stumbled so many times in a really quiet behind the scenes sort of way. Um, been humbled multiple times by, by hilarious technical failures that again, that nobody would have noticed or seen, but that were like deeply embarrassing when I look at log files. And, um, so I, you know, the one thing I've learned is that I still have so much to learn. Um, the other thing is, um, really just the value in listening to people and, um, you know, I, I come at this with, you know, my, my opinions and my preferences, and I sort of see it as my thing and I, I build it the way I want to build it. Um, very introspective, very, you know, sort of personal. I mean, it, like I said, I, I even registered the domain just for the purpose of having a silly email address for me. So, so, I mean, I, I've kind of, you know, kind of go into all this thinking, oh, okay, well, what am I going to do next? What am I going to 
you know, add to it or tweak or change. Um, but the reality is that the the suggestions I get from customers, the suggestions I get from people that are part of this kind of small, funky community that I have kind of built around this um, are really just absolute gold. And um, so just just listening in a way that that I never thought I would. I honestly just kind of thought that this would be like an invisible thing that that, you know, no one would see the man behind the screen and, and it would just collect five bucks and give people their stuff and that would be it. And it's actually, I, I mean, really what I've learned is that there's a, a constant human interaction dynamic and I love it. It's wonderful. That's a wonderful answer. And I know that uh, that reminds me of the conversation that I think we were having broadly on the Hemispheric Views Discord, which if listeners haven't joined, check it out. Nice people on there. Adam's one of them. Uh, that whole point of the internet not really being a place where people listen to each other very well. So the fact that you can get feedback from people, you can iterate, you can improve things and you take your service in a different direction. That's great. And funnily enough, podcasting, that's just popped into my mind. People listen to podcasts a lot. So why people are so good at listening to podcasts, but not listening to each other face to face or behind a keyboard is kind of interesting. Uh, that brings me to the second question, which is far less uh, interesting or hard hitting, as Jason would say. Prior to making this service or even just following it, have you ever made a habit of actually saying the words or contractions OMG and LOL day to day? Are they actually part of your vernacular? Um, sometimes people who know me um, know that that I will drop a, an LOL or an RF, ROFL um, or other other. Uh, forms of that in in my typing. I do it at work. It's a really bad habit. I mean, I, I work for a large healthcare company, uh, you know, Fortune 100 healthcare company. And it's like not the kind of place where you should be doing that, but I kind of do it anyway. So yeah, I, guilty as charged. It is part of my vernacular and uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed. So uh, wait, I got one more thing. I just realized you dusted off programming skills. You said for this, um, you clearly have design skills as well. Cause like the website is beautiful. It looks lovely. I love everything about it. Is that, are you doing all of that as well? Is, or were you a designer who then did programming or what's the story there? <laughs> there is no story. That's, that's the funny thing. And, and it's, it's like, I'm stumbling over answering this because of like the constant nonstop imposter syndrome that I feel over both design related work and programming and development related work. It's, it's, I'm self-taught in both. I'm, I, you know, I, I look at the amazing things that people do online for inspiration and, and just always blown away at the creativity that's out there. And, and, um, I, you know, I try to emulate that as best I can in what I do. Um, but no, I have no formal training in, in either. Oh, Martin, have you bought, have you bought a, uh, you bought an account? In the course of this conversation, I thought, why can't I be number 969? I am going to give away five OMG.LOL accounts. All right. Keep an eye out. I'm going to give away five accounts somehow. I don't know how, but I'll give them away. There you go. Boom. And Ma and Martin, what is your account? Can we go, go look at it now? Well, at the moment, you're looking at this is the future home of martinfeld.omg.lol. It's amazing. Thanks, Adam, for coming along. We invited you on the show. And subsequent to that, you actually became a listener of our show and a... Uh, a Patreon supporter as well. So, oh, how dare you? You know, like you've really stepped it up. That wasn't part of the, uh, the the contract that you signed to come onto the show, but it's great to have you as a member of our community. And um, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us here.
The show is amazing. I, I absolutely love listening and I'm honored to, to be a guest today. I really appreciate it. No, thanks so much for joining us, Adam. It's been a pleasure and uh, we're just thrilled that people listen to us. It's another thing entirely to have them come onto our show. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you again. Okay, so great guest. And now... Who was that guy? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> That's what I think they call that a zoom bomb. Is that what that's called? Where somebody just shows up because you don't password protect your thing. He and seemed then you nice. Talk to him. Yeah. He's wearing a black t-shirt, match the rest of us. There was, he didn't have anything vulgar. So it's like, I say we leave it in, you know, why not? Two new one prime plus subscribers, Adam N and Valerie B. Who could those people be? Not sure, but we sure appreciate the fact that they have joined OnePrimePlus.com. Also, in programming news, I think that's what they call it, we have some updates to the Patreon pricing tiers to make things a little bit easier and more streamlined for those looking to either get in the door or just those that have been subscribed for a while. So, here's what we've done. We... As some people know, we do a uh, newsletter every month on the 10th of the month that gets pushed out through Patreon, which used to be only part of the uh, global or above tiers, which was fine. But at the end of the day, really, this information that we're putting in these newsletters is it's great for everyone. And we kind of just want everyone to be able to to interact and, and, and get something from this content. So what we've done is we've we've leveled out all the tiers so that if you're a Southern supporter, Northern supporter, or um, global supporter, you all get the newsletter now, and you all get all of the One Prime Plus bonus shows. The fact that there's the global supporter tier is just if you feel like you know it's you want to kick a little extra in there, that's totally fine. We very much appreciate it. What we have done is we've removed the top tier that was the $11 tier and just bumped everyone that was in that back down to the $5 tier. So bottom line is whatever tier you were at, you're going to get the same or more than what you already had. And you're free to move around to whatever tier you want. I I would say we don't care, but I'll say I don't care. Pick whatever tier you want. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We just want to give you extra stuff. Yeah, it's it's more that we just want everybody to be able to get everything at the end of the day to make it more more simplistic and just more enjoyable for everybody. So there's just three tiers now. There's nothing that anyone has to do from a Patreon standpoint if you're already on Patreon. If you're not, check it out. Now you get even more stuff than you would have gotten before. So OnePrimePlus.com will give you all the information you need for that. And really just a sincere thank you to everybody that's already a patron or anybody that's thinking about becoming a patron. Um, It's super cool that anybody cares at all what we're doing. So thank you. I had a bit of drama recently that I want to share. You know, we all use the, the cloud. I was at work recently, like worky work, you know, like jobby job stuff, working on some documents. It's a it's a business environment. So there's some there's some Office 365 going on there, right? Everybody loves a little Office 365. Office 365 has uh, OneDrive, which is their cloud offering, right? And that integrates with all your words and your Excels, 
and your points of power, right? You can collaborate. Working on some very, very lengthy Word documents that were very, very dense, technical documentation type stuff, right? That coincidentally is going to be submitted to the U.S. government for approval. So a little bit important, right? Working on two documents side by side. Close my laptop to go to a meeting, open it back up, have said meeting, come back to my desk, pop the laptop back on the little stand, open my two documents up, boom, I've got little red red alert things on my OneDrive. I go into the uh, useless logs of OneDrive to have it say that something to the effect of all the edits you've made for the past three hours, those are gone. I'm sorry, uh, they're gone. Okay, well, it's the cloud, so clearly there was versioning because when you have something in OneDrive, it's continually saving your your versions, right? So you go, okay, whatever, I'll revert. No, all of the three hours of data, just gone. This was, you know, you guys probably have done the track changes, right? That's like a thing, right? So those changes were all gone. Three hours of intense document editing just completely vanished. Cautionary tale, the cloud doesn't always have your back. Without wanting to turn it into tech support corner, are you also running OneDrive desktop sync? Hate it. Don't touch that. No, I am not. Ah, okay. Because I was going to say, if you are, maybe it's synced back to your local save folders and then like some time machine backblaze thing had grabbed it. No, this this was strictly 100% on off of OneDrive and it just wiped it. See, that's interesting. And Martin, you seem like you hate that. I I also have to use OneDrive Microsoft products. I rely on keeping everything saved locally and I rarely use the direct save to OneDrive. I'm just syncing it. I'm not editing directly in the cloud because I want to be able to like, grab my files you know like there they are they're in a folder i know what i'm dealing with i don't have i can use them in the file system like on any other thing and then they sync what's this cloud business tell me about this cloud business i've been doing it in onedrive because i was under the i guess false assumption that it was continually doing versioning while it was in there and i thought that was the benefit of having it in there but I learned the hard way that that was not the case. So just remember, cloud, not always your friend. I did an Apple trade-in. Have you guys ever done an Apple trade-in? Yes. In, yes. in person? No. Yes. Oh, okay. So I did my first in-person Apple trade-in, and it was pretty awesome. I happened to be looking at the trade-in program and they were willing to give me $450 for an 11 Pro that is just sitting on a shelf. I'll take it. Sign me up. It's a good deal. Yeah. I was very surprised. Clearly the 11 Pro is holding value for some reason. So I go through the process to do the 11 uh, 11 Pro trade-in. I was doing it actually as a part of, um, I actually bought a new phone. I don't think I ever told you guys. So I did it as a part of that. And then I went in. Pam was there to meet me. Pam was great. She said, all right, we're going to get you 
get you through this process. And she puts the phone down. She has her little, uh, I call it like a, like a hyper iPod. Cause it's like an iPod touch, but it's got like that big giant thing around it. That's got like, yeah, it's got like a, it's been assimilated into the bowl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got like an NFC reader and a card reader and buttons on the back and all kinds of I think that's the only reason they still make iPod touches is so that people at Apple stores can use them. Yeah, totally. So she brings out her, her Borg iPod touch, which I'm already like, whoa, that's yeah, let's do that. That looks great. And she sets it next to the, to the phone that I brought in and she starts scanning numbers off the screen, right? Which is a new thing that we can do now with, with, I guess I was 15, I think maybe 14, but so she's just scanning, you know, serial number, IMEI number, all that stuff. It's going into her little system. Cool. She's talking about whatever along the way, very cordially conversation. You know, it was great. She was very nice. And then all these like crazy diagnostic screens started showing up on the phone that I brought in. So it's doing some kind of inter Wi-Fi vert, you know, uh, remote diagnostics, I'm guessing to the back room probably. And it's doing things on the screen. It's checking different colors and checking the cameras and doing different tests. It was super cool how it was just doing this remote diagnostic. And she seemingly did nothing other than just put it on the Wi-Fi that was at the store. So it was very, it's just, I would love to know how that system works where it can just say, okay, I see a phone on our network. It has this, you know, serial number boop, boop, boop. And now it's doing all these crazy diagnostics. It was very cool to watch. I felt a little bad because I was obviously ignoring her nice conversation that she would normally be having to, you know, make me think it's not taking a long time, but I was very interested in what was going on with these phones where she was just saying something. I was like, wait, uh, what? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Go, yeah. go back a screen, Pam, go hold, back a screen. Hold I, on. See I didn't see did. that. What was that diagnostic doing? Um, so yeah, she did all of that and it tested out fine. You know, obviously it was, the phone was perfect condition. I brought it in the damn box. So it's like, it was probably fine. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Did, um, did Pam know about Monterey? Um, I don't think Monterey came up. Okay. Cause I went to an app, I went to an Apple store. I went to an Apple store recently and it was the day of the Monterey release and it was, chit chat and i said hey you know big day it's monterey day today and she's like it's what it's like you know the the new operating system for your macs it's out today huh really oh yeah huh i feel like there might be need a little more training in perth well, it's funny you say that because to get my 12 mini, I did an in-person trade-in of my 11 Pro. This was a while ago now, or you know, within that last cycle. And the person I gave it to at the Miranda Apple store in South Sydney, where we drove up, said, have you ever used this phone? <laughs> no, wasn't even a micro abrasion. So was, did you did you get to see yours, your trade-in, Martin? Did you see the like the cool screens and stuff or did they like take it away? Uh, I didn't see cool screens, but I was, uh, like you said, I think I was the opposite of you. I was intently involving this man in conversation. Oh, of course, yeah. So much yeah, to the point that it was actually slowing yeah, the process. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that, yeah. That's the difference I'm not between- kidding. He was like, yes, yes. If anyone wanted yeah. to know the difference between Martin and myself, there you go right there. He's He's full in talking to Pam and I'm like, Pam, I need a minute. I'm watching some screens here. 
Natasha stood very politely next to me and just said, "Yes, yes, yeah, that's what he's like." And uh, you know, he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't put in a case. Nope, he's uh, he's an Apple nerd. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she she does a very good job of balancing supporting her husband at the Apple store and really keeping him in check and making fun of him with the staff. So look, I commend her for that. Yeah, I do too. I appreciate everything about that. Um. Yeah, I bought some more stuff, guys. Ever God, since come on. ever since we started Why doing now? this podcast, I know you've ruined me. I didn't used to spend money. This is the number one excuse of all tech podcasters. You know, oh, I need it because I do a podcast. I'm like, oh, come on, I'm using Apple earpods here plugged into my computer. It's specifically Jason. <laughs> I'm just going to call it out. It's not. It's not the podcast. It's Jason. Why is it my fault? Why you're saying that of, of all the people that I would be the one to just willy nilly make you want to buy things? Because you acknowledged that my Thunderbolt driver array was noisy. Oh, that's a tr- yeah, that's a disaster. I don't know how you allow that to happen in your life. So yeah, I had my. I was very proud to buy that to replace a broken down NAS that died a couple of years ago, and I was like Thunderbolt, brilliant, fast. Super fast. NAS was a pain in the butt. One listing to manage. Excellent. Thunderbolt needs like the cord can be about 15 centimeters. Any longer than that, and it doesn't work. Um, so what I did instead is I considered my options. I ran it by my wife, Hannah, and she authenticated my wish on the basis of it's an health and safety issue because you can't just have a noisy hard drive spinning next to your head all day, every day. So I went to Apple and I bought a M1 Mac Mini that is now my server that's sitting in a cupboard and plugged into it inside the cupboard is the Thunderbolt drive array. Now I'm relying, <laughs> so it defeats the purpose of the speedy connection of Thunderbolt because now I'm relying on Ethernet <laughs> connections to get my data back off it. My study, my office is now deathly silent except when I boot my iMac and uh, then the fans crank up on that thing. But generally it's super quiet and I'm now looking for ways to use another computer as a server. So I'm open to ideas because I don't want to have this asset sitting there just running a hard drive. That seems bonkers. Can can I ask a more blunt and perhaps stupid question? Why do you need the server? Uh, because, Because it's a Thunderbolt drive array. It needs to be. It doesn't have a right. computer in it. It's just a. It's just drives. So it's just it, a dumb hard drive. No, I understand. But what's on this array? Um, all my data that you use frequently. It's all. Well, it's a lot of stuff that a lot of DevonThink databases. Do you use this stuff frequently? Yeah. Really. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Okay, I think we're from different planets. Go on. Well, it's. I mean, it's running Plex as well. And it's right? running Plex. Yeah, and it's got a full backup. And it's my my iCloud photos stored locally, and it's my content cache server. But you know how these things lead to one thing to another. Now all of a sudden, I've had to buy a static IP address because apparently my ISP that I came back to after a period away have implemented something called carrier grade NAT, which is basically a way of them sharing IP addresses between multiple customers and so basically so we're not talking about an insect so it's like so now i've had to buy a static ip address this is ridiculous right what's a static ip go for in uh in perth five dollars a month oh 
You could get an OMG address for $5 a year. I know. That's, that, that pricing has stuffed up my perspective on everything. So anyway, that's my story. I've got another Mac in the house. But I want to propose a new game. Uh, I want the listeners to guess what new Mac Andrew will have in the next episode. I just find it infuriating that I bought a new fast Mac, but I couldn't use it because it doesn't have a screen. I'm still, I still love this iMac screen so much. You should have shoved the crappy iMac in the closet to do this job and just use the M1 iMac or Mac Mini as your main computer. Yeah, but the screen. That's where you buy a Pro Display XDR oh. as recommended in that garage video where the guy does the startup music. Wait, only one? You buy two. Come on. Yeah, you can push it. Go for it. You got to have the and the stand and the uh, the nano coated display. No, that's right. He does need two because one's the main one and one goes to the side vertically where he does his spreadsheet bizzo. Also, it turns out if you want to run screens, like if you want to v- VNC into it at a reasonable resolution when you're using headless, you also go out and buy a dongle, which I didn't realize. I've now realized I'm waiting for my dongle to arrive because otherwise you're you're running at some really low resolution. Okay, so special announcement from the Hemispheric Views team. November is the month that we have now entered. And you know what? It's alliteration when you put it with the word nostalgic. NN Nostalgic November. That's what we're going to be launching. We want you, dear listeners, to share stuff with us that you're nostalgic about this November. We'll be kicking it off. You'll see in the show notes links to little things. Uh, could be on our blog, could be on our YouTube, you'll see. We're going to talk about things that are nostalgic for us. And we want you to submit it to us, whether it's at Hemispheric Pod on Twitter, Hemispheric Views on micro.blog, maybe chuck it in the general Discord feed. Hell, even email it to us if you want at hello at hemisphericviews.com. Think of something that you're nostalgic about. It could be from your childhood. It could be something from before you were alive, but now you have direct experience with. It could be a film, tech product, something intangible, something that makes you happy and feel a little bit nostalgic or you know, warm and fuzzy all over. We want to know what it is. And then at the end of the month, we're going to collate all of the collections that we can keep track of and make a nice little blog post at the end to share on our site that sums up basically what this hemispheric community really loves and finds important in their lives. Anything you two want to add to that? I'm going to have to try and think about what I'm nostalgic about because somebody like myself, I'm ever looking forward But this very practice reaches back into the pilot episode for this podcast. How did we start doing this? We talked about, as international Mac nerds, what was important to us, what got us started, what we were into when we were younger, that has then led us to this point of gas bagging on the internet constantly. So I think it's a nice thing to step back and think about it. We've had several listener uh, community members, I guess we can call them, Hemispherians. Have we come up with a name for these people? Is that what they are? I like that, Hemispherians. Okay. We've had several Hemispherians now that have gone back for some reason, I can't imagine why, and listened to like episode zero through, you know, whatever was the most recent, which sounds awful to me, but thank you for doing it. (laughs) And I'm just, I I just can't believe that that they would do that. So almost this show is going to be nostalgia for someone at some point very meta that's fascinating to think about 